0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another wonderful episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over there mm-hmm. at Sir Lucian Gaming, the cold, frozen tundra north of wow. the Midwest of this beautiful country of ours. Uh, mm-hmm. How are you doing there, mister? Pretty Mr. good. Lucian? I feel
1: like, yeah, I'm probably only a couple miles from Icewind Dale, so yeah. pretty good. Um,
0: we, <laughs> where I live, we were supposed to get snow last night and Mm. there was no snow. And uh, uh, Shannon told me this morning, sorry, Mrs. Jordan, she told me this morning, um, we need to uh, find a way to move our house. And I was like, what? And I was thinking, she was saying like, we need to rotate it so that the sun, like the rising sun will shine in our windows so we'll wake up and get the baby on time or something. Mm -hmm. But like, she's like, no, we just need to move it where it snows. And I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) because she likes the (laughs) snow. So, yeah. she wants the cold, yeah. she
1: can come right over.
0: <laughs> well there you go. We'll have to visit. Uh yeah. after the virus. After the yeah. virus. But anyway, we're well, having I mean,
1: the we're having the great should we get a snowblower debate.
0: Oh yeah, that's a good one. See, our old house had the uh the neighbor that had that, and he would do our yard yeah. for us. Well, he would force his teenage son to do it. It was very nice. No, <laughs> nice. So that was great. <laughs> um boy, I guess there's a lot of speculation to talk about today
1: yeah. in the world of D. I
0: mean, um Our good friends at Amazon have done it again where they have put up uh, the placeholder for said expansion book that is coming out. And uh, if you are curious about that, I put a link in the description, but I don't have it actively on me. I guess I can go look it up on Amazon. Um, But all it says is, hey, this is a book coming out in March Mm -hmm. and uh, we don't know anything else about it. And so let the speculation go crazy. People are saying it could be... Uh, a campaign setting people are saying Mm -hmm. it's going to be like well I guess a source book is a campaign setting in that way like how do you play games here Uh, Mm -hmm. some people are I don't know I guess it's all over the place or a campaign Um, adventure
1: or yeah and and uh,
0: they really like to combine books for 5e you know so it's usually like like Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes is like, here's some races, here's some lore and background if you want to run a game using some of these races, here's more info on elves, and here's a bunch of monsters. Mm -hmm. So uh, is that a lore book, a monster book? I I, I don't know, a supplement? Because it kind of is all three, but you also have, I mean, at the core, you have adventures, you have campaign settings, and you have like extra, like Xanathars or a monster manual or something like that. Yeah. So, what do you think it is? What's
1: what's it going to be? Hmm. Oh, and this
0: was announced, or this, this was a couple days ago. Maybe four days ago? Five?
1: We're supposed to get an actual announcement, right? But the actual announcement
0: is Tuesday, January 12th. Which I'm kicking ourselves for not being the uh, Tuesday afternoon Saturday D&D show. Or Tuesday afternoon <laughs> D&D show. Because... <laughs> They always, everything's announced on Tuesdays is what it feels like. And I don't yeah. know why. I wonder, I wonder if it's like Monday, we're back to work. We have to like prep it. And then Tuesday you actually do the announcement, but yeah, they're going to do something. I assume uh, a YouTube Twitch thing uh, and they'll announce the book there, but.
1: Yeah, the Tuesday, that's an interesting thing. Maybe somebody in chat knows, but I feel like it's got to relate to how stores brick and mortar comic book game stores usually released new product on tuesdays Mm -hmm. when it was comics and it was new board games and it was like they got their new stock in on tuesdays for whatever reason like i I don't know why that was the shipping day or you know what what was the point of that but that's when the new stuff was getting put in i wonder if that's a holdover is it from an old printing thing or is there some other reason they choose tuesday that we just have not fathomed that is tuesday super special about announcing product
0: yeah uh <laughs> jordan's uh dungeon master nathan in the youtube chat says that's exactly why so yeah, I'm, I, I imagine all that stuff gets shipped over the weekend and it arrives monday they unbox it they get it on the sh- on the shelves on for the shelves. tuesday you know so that makes right. sense you
1: can yeah prep but even is, now monday's I'm, your prep day we're not even talking about the thing but even now the announcement i wonder it's a marketing ploy right but is it a marketing ploy that gains them anything they could tell us what the books are going to be for the whole year all at once, or does by waiting and piecemealing it out, does that, do you think that sells more books? Um, Absolutely. Because they want, they want you to be hyped for this specific
0: book. And so let's see if you say, Hey, this, this year we're going to release five books and they lay Mm -hmm. out all of the books at the beginning of the year. Then you look at it and you're like, well, I mean, I would buy that one, but, like, if they're going to release this one just, like, three months later, I'll wait.
1: You and think that would happen? Yes,
0: I do. I think All that's right. exactly what it is. And they want to build like, hype around it. And if there's hype right. and people are talking about it, more people will go out and buy it.
1: Because other ent- entertainment won't do that. They'll say, here's what's being released this month. Netflix, Amazon. They don't say, hey, wait till Tuesday and we're going to tell you about this one thing that comes out this week. But that's a month. like Month Here's is very the month. different from Here's a, year. a year. Here's what we're doing for a year. My Marvel will tell you what's going to be released in a year. I guess so. You don't look at that and go, well, I guess I can watch that movie, but I don't really care about that one, so maybe I'll skip that one. And I mean, their marketing minds don't fall into that, so I wonder if that's the same. You also I, can't I hide
0: a movie as well as you could a book. Like, okay. okay. Like, there's social media, and people are, are like, tweet. I mean there yeah before they announce that a movie is happening it's usually yeah. like oh so and so has been contracted for something right. it, do we know i mean i guess i follow movie things like that so i read about that but yeah uh but I, I mean the publishing world i don't i don't know like oh Stephen King's working on a book but we don't know what it is
1: and then he'll announce it
0: right so maybe it's
1: a book thing then maybe I that maybe it's just a book thing uh well, that, but they that, were that saying me think-
0: yeah software was kind of the same way like you i don't know you don't you don't you don't start working on a piece of software and then someone's like, that's a good
1: idea. And they start coding it faster than you. You don't tell people. Well, right. But <laughs> normally you're not working. Like you're not talking about things you're not working on, but we know in wizards of the coast, they've already worked on the books that are going to be released this year. Yeah. They might still be doing some final polishing, but they're on a two year schedule. So they're working on the books that come out in two years from now. Yeah. The books that we're getting now are pretty much done. So if you have 10 cars you made and you're going to release them all in twenty. 21, 10 mm-hmm. new models you know you don't wait throughout the different months to to announce each one you like here's our lineup because we've already built them we've already actually so, created them. i was just wondering that one.
0: yeah What's um it? when well here's a good example so i used to work at nintendo of america i was a yeah. lowly video game tester and it's Love been it. fifth it's been more than 10 years so i can talk about this now there's an nda <laughs> that i had to sign uh but when I was working there, the Wii was was brand new. And w- uh, with the Wii, there was a super s- secret project. And we were all, like, not allowed to know what was happening in the back room. And you, your brain starts going, like, why can't we know? Mm-hmm. And I finally found out that it was uh, the Metroid Prime trilogy remastered for the Wii. So they took Metroid Prime 1, 2, and 3... And they combined them and put it on the Wii. Well, Metroid Prime 3 was already in circulation for the Wii being sold. So they didn't... Uh-huh. While we're working on this, they didn't want anyone to know. And that's the only reason that it was secret because... So they would
1: stop buying the one that's yes, out now. Yes,
0: because if people are like, oh, I want to play Metroid Prime 3, mm, but they're working on this. If I just wait
1: that another
0: sense. couple of months, then I can get all three of those games. So... uh That's the only reason that it was super secret and that nobody was allowed to know about it because they didn't want word to get out um, because of that. So they were on, like, I wasn't on this project, but a lot of people were on, like, the super secret project. Meanwhile, the rest of us are just out, you know, I was on uh, virtual consoles. So I was playing, like, (laughs)
1: Link
0: to the Past on the Wii and stuff like that and testing that. And they didn't care about that because, like, those games are already out. Like, who cares? So... Uh, But that's
1: a good example. So I I, think it's something
0: like that. I think I think I mean, there's there's smarter people than me in sales. And I think that a lot of people are or or if you look at the numbers, they would say you'll hurt your past sales if you announce this future product too soon in a way. And uh, I guess a good example of this would be Tasha's Cauldron. Like, why would I buy Theros? Why would I buy? Eberron, why you know why would I buy all of these others if you're going to take all of those subclasses and put it in Tasha's for me?
1: I could see that, okay, because you wanted the campaign books and all the art that. Comes I with
0: don't. It. You're a player. You just want you want to be a a sayer,
1: warlock. Winter. That's you buy you, every book. I, it that, doesn't that matter is not what the, the book is. I am not the regular D&D <laughs> crowd, okay? I think you are. <laughs> okay, so back to what we might actually think it was. That was the tangent I was thinking about going on. Good tangent. Oh, here, here's the other tangent I was going to throw out. Let's say it's a uh, Forgotten Realms campaign setting book. Ugh,
0: We've gotten one every
1: year, right? We've gotten one just about every year. I don't no, think there's been campaign, a year we did Oh, didn't get you mean a a story? Yeah, that's yeah. based in a, yeah, yeah. in a Forgotten Realms location. Like a campaign book, not a not a setting book. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought Some you of, meant an a setting. An yeah, yeah. An okay. adventure. Okay. Yeah. Um here's something for you. Everything they've done so far has been humanocentric cities. Okay. They have not done any cities that are not majority human race cities. Um tomb of annihilation. I Port think is, I think I think Port Nartanzaru is
0: well, I guess it's a human settlement, but like, there's lots of other races that live there. You're, you're talking like we want like an exclusive. elven, we want like an elven city or do we get city? like a yeah, because
1: we have Moonshae Isles right oh. off the coast, right? Yeah, and that's an elven centric, although there are other races there. Yeah,
0: it's damage. ran by a vampire. You got to pick up your lore. Yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not I'll all have elves. To check out,
1: if there was only a good <laughs> channel out there that talked, I'm about... I'm telling you, I it, have a Moonshae video, so there you go. Yeah, what was I'll I'll find if AJ's got a good video on it. Pick it. You're taking my my views again. No, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Um, So I wonder, you know, and we know that the in Forgotten Realms, we know a lot about these different cities, but it does. I was wondering, I hadn't realized that before until this morning. I was thinking about it. They kind of span around the humanish empire. The emergence of humans into the world of Forgotten Rounds. Because we know mm-hmm. how the lore goes where humans come much later on. They're not there from the beginning. They are. And there's kingdoms. lots of kingdoms and stuff, I thought, that were non-human.
0: Correct. Yeah, Way Lots before. of elves. The elves ruled most of Faerun yeah for a long time. And, well, actually, before that, it was the creator races. And right. those are gone. Uh, the Batrachi, the... Saruk and something else. Yeah, and we don't get books
1: on those. Like, they don't give us adventures about those. They pick their timeline specifically to be when the humans are starting to grow in dominance in Forgotten Realms. That's the point they've chosen in in their prescribed timeline. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if at some point they deviate from that and give us... Moonshade was just one because it was right off the coast there, but there's other ones that are a little bit more non-human-centric that I wonder if they could go to yeah.
0: Um no, and the when you said that like Gontelgrim is this really cool uh
1: dwarven Myth Drainer Myth Drainer yeah.
0: too. Yeah. Um yeah, the, the the a lot of elven settlements and things like but that. But there's
1: a so. bunch of dwarven yeah, strongholds still mm-hmm. out in the areas as their their kingdoms have slowly gotten smaller and smaller, but we could have a big adventure that's just right in one of those dwarven holds that'd be super cool, but they haven't really done it. So that was the other little tangent that my brain went on this morning when we were starting to think, about like, what kind of book could we get? But if they're going to do another city, I think a, a Silvery Moon adventure would be awesome because it's one more city they haven't quite covered. But it's in that um, Sword Coast Forgotten Realms area that would tie in well with the other books. Um mm-hmm. I could see them, but then when you said, and I I saw you talking about it on chat a little bit uh, earlier out on our Discord. You should go join our Discord for more discussion. Yeah. You had said the anthology style, and then you got me thinking, because I was thinking, you know, those are probably easy for them to create because they're grabbing four or five things that they may have created in the past, updating them, loosely connecting them, but not so much that they have to put a lot of work into it. Put it into a book, throw some art into it, and you've got a book pretty quick. You're, you, you know, you're not, you're not remaking the wheel at that point, right? Well, that, that could be an easy book for them to put out early in the year yeah. and get off and just move. And it's those are good books. Salt Marsh was a fantastic, it, book. one of my favorites. Really, really good. Yeah.
0: book. I love. Salmarsh. Um, I was wondering. Well, okay, so, so going on that. our notes, we what yeah, if, yeah. I, I I wrote this because I wanted to say like, <laughs> what do we think it's probably not. And I don't think okay. it's another class expansion book.
1: We just got yeah. To I can't see more. Well, does the next book have a one more subclass in it? Maybe, maybe. But it's definitely not a book focused races, on twenty-two but it's, yeah. subclasses. Or yeah, yeah, it's not that. It um, be. is it a full
0: adventure? We just had Icewind Dale. I don't think it's a full like Forgotten Realms adventure.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. That's just like I wasn't that they
0: right. don't want to detract from Icewind Dale and, and I mean these adventures take you like a year sometimes to yeah,
1: get Yeah so you don't want to throw another so one right like, after although I, th- I feel like they've done it. But they I have don't...
0: like I think they have but
1: Okay that one's a little bit more 50-50 for me yeah. but okay I'm, I see where you're going So then those are the probably
0: nuts the okay, probabilities probably or
1: the mm-hmm.
0: Um another anthology like Saltmarsh or Yawning Portal which is what you were yeah. talking about I and, wasn't
1: thinking that, but when you put it down now... Well, yeah, and we
0: both, we like that, uh, or we like those books. I specifically ran I ran three different adventures from Yawning Portal. And mm-hmm. um, it's weird because uh, I was talking about this last night uh, with my... I was running, or I was playing in a basic fantasy game, which I'll talk about when we get to our games. But the style now is to have these really big campaigns and like you know, level one to 20 and you're growing. And that's all, that's fun. But a huge uh, style of- Well, but a huge style of play was yeah. uh, I have my character and I sit down and we play, you know, three or four sessions of Yawning Portal. or Sorry, three or four sessions of like White Plume Mountain. And then when you're yeah. done, you have all this treasure and stuff. And then, and then it's like, okay, who wants to run a game next? And then the DM would get to play his character, and they you sure. would play another adventure. And you guys, you just kind of rotate like that, and the adventures don't have to sync up. It doesn't have to have like a, well, now, it's just magically here's another dungeon to run through. Mm-hmm. And that's why I liked Yawning Portal, because we did that. We just kind of made characters. We ran through this. It was a lot of fun. And then we took the characters. We did it again. Uh Saltmarsh was slightly different in that they, I think they expanded on. Like uh, connected. It, they yeah. were connected, yeah. But I think yeah. they expanded on the idea of the Yawning Portal a lot better mm-hmm. with Saltmarsh. Because fantastic you could still take Saltmarsh and compartmentalize it and be like, we're just going to run this game. And yeah. it was very self-sustaining. But in the the beginning chapters, they said, if you want to connect these, and they had a great thread to connect all of them. And I was like, that's awesome. That's perfect. And and personally, I've been reading so many older uh, second edition stuff. Like I just ran uh, 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 Rod of Seven Parts um, going on about I've been doing like Vecna readings. I'm reading a bunch of other stuff now that I'm working on videos for that are all second edition, third edition stuff. And they I mean, Wizards is just sitting on all that. Like, why not take it and and put it in a book? So I it I think that's a strong possibility. Although last year in March, uh, we had uh, so last year in this book will be released in March. So last year in March, we had uh, Wild Mount came out,
1: and so, so yeah, I was get like, tie into another. I haven't been following creator.
0: the Critical Role scene. Critical Role is obviously really I popular. Did all
1: this year? Could yeah. it
0: be uh, another? Like I don't know. Could it be something Wild Mounty? Are they are they doubling down on that market?
1: I am so far. Like, for the last three or four years, I kind of knew what was going on over there in Critical Role. I didn't know anything that they did in 2020, which is weird because, like, I like the show. And, and you I call like, yourself a fan
0: of d I know
1: it. I like to cover I'd like to at least know about it in the previous years, but last year I didn't. I don't know what it was. I just I don't know where they're at, what they're doing. 2021, it's a new
0: you. You just got to catch up on Somebody 900 in chat must be able to hours. Somebody to tell us of, what's going on. Like LB probably
1: still watches it.
0: Don't tell us in chat because other people don't want spoilers. Spoil it. Oh <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> um, but it could be a collaboration with other people. I think I would have heard about that though. Uh, people in YouTube chat are saying like what about the Adventure Zone or some of these other ones like the Dragon Friends are really Another popular tie-in. with Wizards of Coast. Yeah, um, and I love the it's Dragon Stranger Friends, Things, but Ac-Ink. I I don't know if they're gonna do yeah, Ack, uh, some something other you know, and who knows, uh, but that would be really cool if they did something like that. Like I would love, although Ad- Adventure Zone boys, the McElroys are working with Keith Baker to make their own RPG, which is kind of cool.
1: Oh, so, nice.
0: Yeah, they're very cool.
1: I wonder what mechanic system they use. We'll to um, I think
0: it's shot. unique. Well, they're making a new system for their yeah because Keith, setting, Keith but, yeah, will but do stuff. But he's good.
1: also made other games. Yeah, yeah. Not just you know settings. Yeah, yeah, So
0: I'm curious about that. Um, so it could be an, an anthology kind of thing, which uh, is a possibility. The mm-hmm. then we have so much Magic the Gathering coming out this year, yeah. um, and they have made it very clear that Magic the Gathering will be a part of D and D. And vice versa, because and we're DD getting be part of, yeah. we're, we're getting a Forgotten get Realms DD cards, cards into that. So I went to uh Magic the Gathering or I found a website that kind of I and here's a here's actually a really this kind of goes against what we were just saying, but um they have announced everything that they're gonna release for Magic the that's Gathering for I'm the saying. year. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh that that's interesting. Uh and so we know quarter 4 we're getting Innistrad. We know quarter 3 we're getting uh The Dungeons of Dragons Adventure. Quarter yeah. 2 is Strixhaven. Um I don't know a lot about these worlds obviously. I I should because They all
1: sound super cool. They
0: sound really cool, but the one that was just released was Kaldheim and you said Kaldheim. you knew a little bit about this?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I just knew that it was Viking and I it's saw they Viking did a pretty good they've been doing really good about having like a, a CGI trailer of some sort announcing their next card set. And it has uh-huh. like some story in, you know, evocative story that's going on or whatever. And it looked pretty cool having the, you know, the Vikings fighting and what was going on in the background, the way they created it. You can go find out on YouTube for sure. It looks interesting. Viking themed, Norse themed kind of, um, mm-hmm. card set really. Yeah. So, I and I know, I know like
0: Norse, I just kind of like, uh, a- uh, well, okay. So Greek gods are public domain. Norse gods are public domain. Um, yeah. but we just had a Greek setting. I wonder if they would double down and do like. And here's a Norse setting. They're not completely similar, but it it you know the gods are. I don't know. Like it, it feels like I don't know what new mechanic they would do. For yeah, this. and and.
1: If so. they did that book, it'd be a tie-in to Magic: The Gathering. Yeah. It wouldn't be a "Hey, here's a Norse themed book for you guys to do Norse themed stores." Right, be, right. And that's here's just Kaldheim like because Theros it's Magic: was, yeah. The Gathering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so before you wrote down the anthology idea, I was leaning towards a Magic: The Gathering tie-in. So I thought we might get a Caldheim tie-in mm-hmm. announcement, and the first book this year would be their tie-in, and they would get that kind of done and out of the way. Mm-hmm. They would do their Magic: The Gathering tie-in that Hasbro always wants. And then we get some other stuff throughout the year. Um, But then you said the anthology and we haven't. It's been a while since we've had an anthology. It's been a while since Saltmarsh dropped. So we could be due for another anthology style. Mm -hmm. So now I'm leaning that way. I'm thinking maybe they do an anthology of four or five adventures that they tie together with a cool string if you want. But they're very. Yeah. So they're very. uh, You can play them on their own or modular if you need to. Probably not. Um, I like that. Kaldheim,
0: idea. but maybe Zendikar, and then I just I didn't know what Strixhaven was, so I just looked it up. Strixhaven is a school of mages, and that sounds very D and D esque. Like if you're, yeah. it's set at the Strixhaven school. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you wanted to do this, and they wanted to expand spells and things like that, that could be a lot of fun. And and so I don't know. That's that's quarter two of 2021, so that's around you know, or a little bit after March. So. That could be really cool, or
1: the other thing. I yeah, I I think they should do like uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. uh, A book of Thay, of what I think could be a killer adventure based in Thay. Oh yeah, a really cool thing they have not done because they talk about them being the bad guys so much. Yeah, they they, why not now lean into it for being so far away and then. (laughs) really get into something like that mm. i could i could really dig yeah the red thay wizards
0: Book. of thay are that that whole structure and area is uh not different from the sword coast but like uh it's it's very like gods versus magic because they're red wizards of thay are a very like mage centric society and then um the gods are there are other societies in that area that are very uh uh religion heavy and the two clash. And so
1: that's interesting and
0: fun. So
1: <laughs> so I would go with that one. I know some other people, I think, on our chat, and I've seen it in my chat a little bit here in, in um, Twitch. I'm, I'm not sure what the YouTube guys are saying. Guys and gals. Uh, Dragonlance. I can't see if they just had a messy breakup with the authors of the books that they would then go ahead and put out, well, here's our module based on it because it wouldn't mm, make any well, sense.
0: Well, they, uh, they didn't, well, there was the fight, but that lawsuit was dropped because they reached a compromise, which means some book sure. is going forward.
1: Sure, but you don't think, but they made the the general public mad at them because they broke the deal. It make it, That would just seem Wizards like a terrible, mean- yeah, why break that deal? We don't when know why know they're you're breaking about to put a the deal.
0: Uh well, that's the point is I I don't know if I we don't know why they're breaking the deal, but yeah. uh the Margaret Weiss did tweet that like, hey, we figured it out and like I'm very excited to tell you about stuff. I just can't talk about it yet. So yeah. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a novel that she's working on, or maybe it's tied into a campaign setting. Uh yeah, short answer, I'm not sure. But
1: but like I'm saying, as a marketing strategy, do you want to have a uh, a media blow up and then we want to have that right before the product we're about to put out?
0: Well, you do want to release the product if you invested a million dollars into it and you want it to see a return regardless of what the public thinks. So
1: right but wouldn't you <laughs> do it later on or down the road oh, not so i don't close know yeah. to yeah let people forget about it is that, that what you're saying it. It, they're just gonna hashtag cancel it or hashtag don't buy or hashtag they're whatever, still fans i don't know and they won't yeah they won't do it <laughs> they're still fans i don't know i could i there's no way it's a Dragonlance. lance i can't imagine it being a Dragonlance. Um, really okay module book like we're uh, gonna get a Dragonlance campaign book
0: yeah like eberron i i feel like that is possible but
1: Oh, I feel like that one's way out, but I could be wrong. Maybe you'll get so it.
0: So that's the other thing we could talk about is uh, other than magic, the gathering settings, there could be D and D campaign settings. Dragonlance yeah. was one. Uh, I know Greyhawk. The more I study Greyhawk, the more I'm, cause for a long time, I was like, why, why playing Greyhawk? Like, I don't know. It was just kind of a weird thing because it feels so much like the realms to me um, that I was like, I can't see wizards of the coast making a Greyhawk campaign setting when they have done so much Forgotten Realms stuff, they should just double down on that. Uh, but Greyhawk's actually really interesting, and there's a lot there that I am not. The more I research it, I'm like, this is this could be a lot of fun. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's a super huge market for it, but because there's not a lot of Greyhawk novels that people grew up reading, and you don't have you know your your Dritzes and your Elminster's running around. Um, there's always Spelljammer. Hashtag Spelljammer confirmed.
1: Why won't they uh, ever do that? That just. <laughs>
0: Uh, There's Dark Sun, which is uh, Mm. popular. It was popular enough that Dark Sun did not make it into third edition, but it did make it into fourth edition. Yeah, Um, it's got a following. It has a a pretty good following. Um, Spelljammer hasn't made it into any other edition (laughs) other than second. But um, then you could do ambiguous ones like uh, I thought about the Shadowfell and the Feywild. And the reason Mm -hmm. I bring up the Feywild specifically is the Neverwinter MMO is just announced that they're doing a big Feywild expansion. And a lot of those Neverwinter things, like when they were doing um Giants, I think Neverwinter was doing Giants and not Baldur's Gate, but like there was a couple other that like overlapped. They tried to tried to make it like this is the event. I think the Underdark was one out of the Abyss had a tie-in mm-hmm. with that. So uh if they're doing like a Feywild campaign, we could have a Shadowfell Feywild book which this is just wizards if you want to hire me. I'm telling you. Like I I have I'll give you this one for free.
1: Yeah.
0: But it needs to be a 300-page Shadowfell Feywild book. One side says Shadowfell and then you flip it over and that says Feywild and you read the other you read the opposite direction. I would buy that.
1: That would be yeah. really cool. I really think they should hire other marketing people because I can't <laughs> imagine what their marketing plans are here. It just makes no sense to me.
0: Um, so, uh, campaign setting, and then I guess, finally, there could be a monster lore book. No, which I mean, is, that's
1: still a strong possibility. We've not had really? a big 300-another page of, here's another 200 monsters. Yeah, but me. I wonder
0: if that goes along with, like, a class expansion book, you know? Were there monsters in Tosh's? I forget.
1: N- no, no, it was all rules, right? Subclasses, yeah. rules, spells. Magic items, spells.
0: Yeah, you're right. There wasn't any. So, but we got monsters in. Uh, we we actually two. got a lot of monsters in Theros, and they expanded yeah. the monster idea of these like epic monsters and stuff, which was really fun because I reflavored one of them for my big bad evil guy um, in Rod of Seven Parts. So that worked right. out really nice.
1: But in previous editions, we had Monster Manual 1, Monster Manual 2. Right, and Pink they replaced Folio, those with uh, 2
0: and with, uh, like all
1: this other stuff. those so.
0: Guide to Monsters and Warden yeah, and Cane. Those, and so. So, yeah,
1: Yeah. So I could see another, because that's kind of what we need in games. Dungeon Masters are always looking for more unique things to throw into their games. So I could right. see another monster lore book. I It's tough because they've gone so many different directions Right now, I'm leaning Anthology. Yeah. So that's first. That's what you're thinking? Magic the Gathering, tie-in, Monster, or lore book. Maybe those are my three. And in that order, that's where I'm leaning that I think is going to be One of those, maybe.
0: I, because of the Neverwinter game, I'm leaning going... towards Feywild campaign setting. And that'll okay. be like, here's monsters. Uh, they'll reprint the Eladrin in there um maybe there'll be like drow Aladrin or something and they'll do something with the Fay dark i don't know uh then anthology and then magic the gathering i do we are going to get a magic the gathering setting this year there I will just, be one i don't yeah. know if it's going to be this march one
1: but yeah that's i
0: don't know very excited it's that. it feels uh i i don't know i'm just i i like uh I liked Tasha's but that was that was all mechanics and spells and I feel bad cuz when I actually got Tasha's I was less excited for it and I guess that's me realizing how much of a dungeon master I've become as opposed to cuz it was
1: mostly for players cuz it was all
0: it was all for players it was just like here's all the cool things players can do and players this and I'm just like I don't I don't know I I okay. could have made a magic item that did the same thing I didn't need I don't feel like yeah. I needed this book you know Uh, and, but I, I did really like some of the spells that were in that. And I did use some of the magic items like, uh, Igwilf's, uh, Demonomicon was a really fun item to have in Rod of Seven Parts. And so I like those, those big cursed items and those were cool. Uh, but gosh, I, I mean, I want the Lord. I want the stories. That's what, and I want like a Feywild book. That would be so cool. And I'm just sad (laughs) that
1: nowhere on that list and nowhere in my and yours guesstimations or what it's possible, what we think is possible, uh-huh. is oh they're creating a brand new campaign setting that oh, no. they get yeah, to, no. You know, it's just like it's so far off the run, and yet it shouldn't be. It should be something that's in the list. Like, yeah, they're going to do it eventually. It's going to, and it's, we're just like, nah, they're never doing it. They're never doing Spelljammer. Why we don't Probably know? not. If they're never doing it. <laughs> Probably
0: not. If they do any of those, they'll tie. Well, Dark Sun is different, but if they do Spelljammer, yeah. they'll tie it into, um. Forgotten Realms I think with I think with Spelljammer it's kind of like uh it it's a cosmology in itself and so is the Manual of the Planes and if they had to do something I think they would if they had to pick they're going to pick planescape and they're going to double down on planescape because that was vastly more popular than spelljammer Well you
1: can do spelljammer once you do if you put ships in in a planescape book then you can do you could that could be your spell gem. Yeah, but, combine the two sure. kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cuz you have vehicles that can transport you around to the different places. That's really what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? And they have it. That's what blows my mind is they have a nautiloid ship in Baldur's Gate 3 the video game in the very beginning and it is awesome. Yeah. Like people watch that video and said, "Oh my god, why is my D&D not that cool?" Why wouldn't <laughs> yeah. you base a book around all of when somebody says why is my D D not that cool? You should just base yeah. a book around that for no, sure. No, there, there's a so good.
0: I, I mean, these are minor spoilers, but like, I think, I think the adventure you are currently playing in, there are spell jammer things. And, Probably. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah There yeah, so. are spell jammer things in Icewind Dale. So yeah. they they've dropped little hits here and there, but that's why I say I think they'll. They're I think they'll us. make an expansion, but I don't
1: know. Eventually. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Um, but what else happened in the world of D&D this week, now that we've speculated for 35 minutes?
1: <laughs> yeah, so well, and then on Tuesday, we'll either be proven right, we'll be proven completely wrong, yeah. or, you know, we'll have to see. So then we'll get to talk next week about what, what it actually was, which would be fun. Um, there was one video that got put out I saw, which was Sage Advice with Jeremy Crawford and... Um, it's usually with Bart Carroll, but it was uh, Greg Tito. Um, and they talked about sidekicks and how that's going and kind of where their thoughts were when they created them in the box set where's where they kind of showed up first and then how they got reimagined a little bit or tweaked in Tasha's Cauldron. And I'm using a sidekick in my campaign, um, which has been going really fun. I have an expert, uh, Ken Koo which has been super fun. We just, he was turned to stone. I guess we'd talk about that later. And then we just got him unturned to stone. And, um, it's been fun to have that kind of sidekick character there. And they are their kind of own character and the things they can Mm -hmm. do. Some things that players can't do, which I thought was kind of cool. So if you want to hear Jeremy talk about the reasons behind the way they did some things, the way they changed some things, what they wanted or intended it to be. And, you know, you can obviously always use it how you want in your Mm -hmm. campaigns. um, I thought it was interesting and it was, you know, it was a good video to at least they're back from their break. And I've been seeing a lot more of them on Twitter again all of a sudden. So I think we're, you know, obviously if there's an announcement on next Tuesday, once that hits, then we'll see a lot more of their interaction. We'll see a lot more videos over at the Wizards of the Coast, um, the D&D channel on YouTube. And we'll see lots of uh, D&D Beyond tie in stuff that starts talking about and all that. So it'll be interesting. But Sage of Ice is out um, over on. Uh, their thing. Other than that, um, before we jump into, I did get another Kickstarter came in. It's funny that I think a majority of the Kickstarters I did last year mm-hmm. were towards the beginning of the year, or whatever. A lot of them were using China printers, so that COVID hits, everything gets. Pushed and then they get new schedules and yeah. So normally they would stagger, but in the last, I've gotten a book a week now for the last three oh, wow. weeks from one of the Kickstarters, right? Because I showed you guys, you know, one of them, and then and then uh, Soulbound showed up, and then this this week in the old thing, Altered Carbon showed up oh. from the, the role playing made by Skydance and Renegade Game Studios, Hunters Entertainment, based on the, um, I thought I thought fantastic. Netflix show, Altered Carbon, which I also, I assume, is part of a book, I believe, um, before that. It's a different rule system um, than I was used to, so it's it's cool to learn a mechanic. It's a, if you want to roll low number mechanic, and they make difficulty levels, and you want to roll under that, and your bonuses to that raise the difficulty number. So if they say something like, whatever you're going to try to do is a 5, mm-hmm. if you have a bonus or something that's a plus 2, It moves it to a seven and then you use a skill to try to roll under that and each skill is either like a d12 or a d8 or a d4 so it makes it easier like so if you're really good at it you get a d4 which makes it easy for you to roll under something gotcha but if you're not great at it you might have to roll a d20 so now you're kind of 50 50 at something because there's so many numbers there so it's an interesting (coughs) way different mechanics going on in there lots of good art um definitely a cyberpunk style game mm-hmm. um looks interesting i'm just now diving into it and uh excuse me i'm enjoying it i still it i still have that adventure i keep thinking about running jordan through which is the altered carbon storyline using the carbon 2180 rpg oh, yeah. book i bought but uh maybe i'll switch it over to the actual altered carbon book um i just love getting these books i love them i love them so much my yeah, wife keeps I've saying you a, keep getting more books i've got
0: an empire of the east dungeon crawl classic Uh, book coming in the mail soon they just shipped it from a kickstarter so that'll be really fun. and then uh goodman games next kickstarter is going to be this dying earth which i'm very excited for because i read uh, a lot of the short stories from this dying earth and i think it's an amazing system to play in so much so that i went out and found all of the this die the dying earth rpg that they made in the 90s Mm-hmm. And I was, like, flipping through that, and I'm like, oh, that wizard, that's so cool.
1: It was really Yeah, fun. and I still got a couple that are outstanding. The one that um, uh, Monty Cook did, the Tolus book that they're putting out for the oh, yeah, yeah. 5 I've got those. Eventually those will come out. I haven't got them yet. Um, and then the one that um, was done by one of the, in my mind, I'm thinking of one of the hobbits. <laughs> but I'm trying to remember his name, Sean Austin, Aston? Sean? Yeah, Goonies boy. Yeah. He's part of a Kickstarter that was building a um, RPG world called Grimmer World, I think. And I was part of that Kickstarter. And I think that one's about to get done and shipped pretty soon, too. So hopefully that'll be showing up pretty soon. So another couple of outstanding books I've been Mm -hmm. waiting for. Um, And I'll have to dive back in. I'll have to see we're after the new year. So a lot of Kickstarters. I think there's this thing that if you're doing Kickstarters, the advice you get for people is don't do it during the holiday season. Because people are spending their money on holiday gifts and buying yeah. things for everybody else, and your and your campaign might not do as well. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard that advice mm-hmm. given to other people. So I wonder now. Okay, we're past. We're in January 9th, You know, we're moving yeah, into mid. Yeah, tax wise,
0: I think doing King it in Stern January stuff. February is really good too, because yeah. you don't you don't get all this money and then have to pay all these taxes on it. You get all this money and then you can use it for your business. Yeah, there you go. And then you have tax write offs at the end of the year. So that makes sense. Um. Too.
1: So yeah, this is this is kickstarter season like yeah so i'm ready to see what's going to be out there i'm ready to see because i'm a sucker for a good kickstarter every time i like them um and i keep getting more and more books i love them
0: um yeah
1: so uh we
0: we've been talking we talked about it last week about uh replacing bardic inspiration with something else um Mm -hmm. we had some really good uh feedback from you guys a lot of people were saying um viewer inspiration and we could like Pull pull questions from Twitter and things like that, and I kind of like that idea. We do have our show questions in our Discord, where you can mm-hmm. leave us questions that we might answer on the air. Um, somebody else was saying uh, highlight third party stuff, which I think shouldn't necessarily replace Bardic inspiration, but like we should highlight some more third party. There's a lot of really good stuff out there that I use and other people use, and uh, <laughs> we do. It's and uh, I guess we do in a general, but to make a it a segment, game studio, There you right
1: go.
0: There. <laughs> um, DM tips and tricks. Uh, we kind of talked. So Lucian and I talked about it over the week, and I think we really enjoyed this monster. Got excited uh, about it. Uh, thing where we're we're gonna pick a random monster, mm-hmm. and we're going to uh, build a like how can that be the boss or the the big bad end evil guy or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is completely uh, we and do not have anything fly, prepared. Yeah. Random, um, but we're gonna we're gonna go to uh, do a die roll. Well, yeah. And so I have a random number generator. So let's go over to College of Monsters. Oh, we're going to call it College of Monsters. If you have a better name, yeah. let us know.
1: Yeah. So, like the bardic colleges, they have all their Eloquence and um, try to think of them all. I don't play bards, so I don't know all of them, but there's a bunch of them. <laughs> eloquence comes to mind <laughs> uh, College of Lore, College of Whispers. Whispers, whispers yeah. Well, College of so, Shadows. Yeah.
0: We're going to start with our good friend, the Monster Manual. We love um, the Monster Manual from Fifth uh, Edition, twenty fifteen, something like that. And I looked at the pages, and basically we have uh, page twelve monsters start. Okay. And then they stop on three six. Well, they don't stop for a while, but like the the big named monsters stop on three sixteen.
1: Okay. Um, so. Steve Austin, uh, three sixteen. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No, anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Minimum 12, max 316. This is a random number generator on Google. I'm going to find a better one, but this is what I have right now. We're going to generate. If you guys know
1: of one, send it to us. Yeah. So so here we go. Generate. And our number is
0: 265.
1: Right out there in the big twos. Let's try this. The big twos. Later in the book. Later in the book. Later in the alphabet. Uh, 265 is a
0: fire snake.
1: Ooh, that's a good art picture two salamanders fire snakes okay
0: okay so this, like this is a and i've used these in hot springs island yeah. actually it's They're a challenge nice. rating one so i don't know if we want to make it our big bad evil guy uh but how well let me just read let me just read read from the, the, do, the good Shav's book of we uh, monster manual an <laughs> uh, salamanders are on the sea of ash in the elemental plane of fire Uh Uh, Their intense heat washes off their bodies while their yellow eyes glow like candles in the deep-set hollows of their hawkish faces. They adore power, and they delight in setting things on fire. Um, Outside of their home plane, they play among the burning skeletons of charred trees as forest fires rage around them or slither down the slopes of erupting volcanoes to linger in fire pits and magma flows. Mm -hmm. Um, They hatch from eggs that are two foot in diameter, of smoldering obsidian. Um, they are slaves to the Euphrates, Uh And they're living forges. They generate so much heat. And when they fight, their weapons glow uh, red and sear the bodies of their enemies on contact. Even approaching a salamander is dangerous, since flesh blisters and burns in its proximity. So, CR1 creature, fire snake, it's a salamander. It's an elemental
1: How would you use this? Here's the funny thing. Just like you said in Hot Springs, I have used this. Yeah, I I use it in a really cool way. I felt in my campaign in my campaign um, where I was doing um, a new world kind of campaign. I wanted this mountain range that separated the valley they're in now. There's a big mountain range and then there's a coast and it looked like it was a way to get past that mountain range instead of having to sail around the coast. And they were looking for ways to get through the mountain range, and they found a tunnel system that was obviously an ancient dwarven empire's had built a tunnel system of some sort, and in it was the remains of some type of highway of they were moving minerals out of the mountain, and they could see the stuff that was left over from them doing that. Once they got into the middle part where the mountain is the deepest. I put in lava pits all over that were being used for the foraging area. And so when they came in, they're looking around they're Mm -hmm. they're trying to find what's going on. And it was a great opportunity for these fire snakes to come up out of that and attack them. Because in my mind, what had happened is the kingdom is gone, has been wiped out. It's been abandoned, but the snakes moved in afterwards and made this their home. And now they hunt from there throughout this mountain Mm -hmm. where they use all of these old, tunnels of this old civilization that lived there so i like that whole idea of pools of lava being taking over that were used to be industrial and in nature were created by an empire that's long gone but now has been taken over by a creature of the world as its own layer now of what's there currently yeah and so and i love the idea of that um they want to get the mines back up and going but they have to clear it out of the stuff that lives in there now and it has that nice synergy of history to it plus what's what's going on and and challenge that they have to get out and i think i made them a little tougher than the cr ones but they weren't very high level when they went through there either so it was a tough mob for them when you have several of them because it's some of the cool stuff is even when you melee hit them i think you get damaged yeah when you try to melee hit them and that's big if you're playing an adventure one to three you know, they're third-level characters. Maybe they're fourth-level characters. They haven't quite got yeah, up Yeah, there's no save. Yet. If you just touch yeah, them with a melee all of a sudden, attack, you take 1d6 fire damage. I love now. that creature. So to me, that's what I like. I like this idea of old civilization that is gone, disappeared, mm-hmm. left behind hot pools that they used for forging and creating their cool weapons and technology that are gone at this point. And then these creatures, salamanders, fire snakes have moved in and taken over now so now you either deal with them avoid them you know tame them whatever you want to do and then you have this other ancient civilization to to go ahead and explore a little bit in these mountains so that's kind of how I would do it I like that um what are you thinking I like uh so a fire snake specifically is a baby
0: salamander and salamanders are uh, they they they'll use weapons and stuff. so that's why I was reading a bunch of the salamander stuff because then I flipped the page and I was like, oh they're they're baby fire or fire snakes or baby salamanders. Um, it says specifically that they hatch from obsidian eggs that are like smoldering. Ooh. So what if we had a, a city or not a city? What if we had a small town that you are are staying in or maybe it's your starting town? Mm-hmm. And um, y- we just or the year before was one of the harshest winters that had ever happened. And some uh, snake oil guy comes in and he's like, have I got a deal for you? And he sells everybody these magic black orbs that will heat your home. And so everyone's like, oh, this is amazing. So they buy all these orbs and they put them in everyone's houses. And then he's like, uh, so long suckas. And he walks away. Turns out that guy is an Afridi and he has sold fire snake <laughs> eggs to everybody in town. So, uh, you know, Days go on, like and all that. of a sudden, one hatches in your house, and then you have to battle it. And then you go out to see your friends, and then everybody's house. These snakes are are hatching, and the whole town is ablaze. And that's the start of your adventure. I like that. Mm-hmm. And so I you, guess. you're, you know, that sounds like a JRPG. You and your yeah. kid
1: friends with yeah, your so you co- got colored free, hair. You got an immediate introduction to the main villain of your campaign. Possibly, the yeah. Afridi, who's going around yeah. and leaves.
0: And he's yeah. he's basically yeah. yeah. We're gonna burn the countryside
1: with these little snakes. So yeah. I like like that.
0: Anyway. That's going our- with
1: yeah, so you could do stuff where or make it, pump it up because we all have talked about how you create creatures and if they are a CR one, but you want them to be bigger or better, could yeah. give them mon- you know you could make giant ones. You could have one that maybe has been mutated in some way, something has yeah. corrupted it in some way. Maybe you're there to yeah, save Yeah, fire them. snake too. Maybe- secret of
0: the ooze, they get all yeah. big and yeah, yeah,
1: or maybe you want to somehow get a fire snake that becomes like a ranger pet or something. So you're there to save an egg. You're mm. there to get them uninstalled enslaved from the afridi or mm-hmm. you know i could see a lot of different cool things different routes you could go with that um comedically like you just said i love the idea that maybe maybe that's what they're doing they're selling them for heating elements and ovens and bakeries i love it these things. Yeah. And yeah yeah So that could be really fun no guy got it he's got a cool mustache
0: yeah he's got a he's got a tan because <laughs> he's just so hot and it's a it's an afridi genie that's
1: running around selling things because they're all about markets and stuff. The city of brass, yeah. like that would be funny. It's just overall chaos. And yeah. Although the image they talk about in there too, where you you're exploring and then you come upon, you've you're got rolling fields. And then all of a sudden you see on the horizon kind of like a dark smokiness And when you get up there, it's this forest that's obviously been burned. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're walking into like this world of ash and burned trees and huge forest fires. And you're going through it and then eventually you find out why it's happened and what lives in there and all the stuff that you could, you know, Mm -hmm. difficulty breathing in the ash. um, What else could live in the ash? Just the idea of being able to describe that landscape that you'd have your your players moving through could be really fun, too. That's a very evocative scene I could see. Um, you know, like when you finally get to Mount Doom, how bad the swamps were around Mount Doom. That was something that was really cool to see the, the way the, the, the land was being corrupted and yeah. stuff. So that was being the world being burned away by, by these
0: kinds of Don't things. Don't follow the lights. Don't follow the lights.
1: So those would be the ways I think um, some good ways to maybe put them in your campaign. I'm sure you guys could give us some suggestions on how you might put them in your campaign. Have you used them in your campaign setting already? Would you build a campaign around just this creature? Yeah, I could see a full campaign around just this creature. You could, come in a up way, and, yeah. I and think. then and then your your players learn how to deal with them as they level up
0: too. So it's not a big deal, yeah. but it's the sheer number of them, and it's like, well, we can take out the one in this house. But yeah. there's literally one in every house. Like, what do I do? Like this is, uh, and you can't. So I, I like things like that where it's like, it's within your power to stop the one zombie, but how do you stop mm-hmm. the horde of zombies? Kind of a thing. Right. So, um, yeah, horde we've got a little snakes. bit of time left, and I'm really curious about what you uh, about Xanathar's Revenge specifically. So uh, Lucian, yes. what what are you? You've been playing some games. What's happening in your game?
1: Yes. So we're playing a uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage. And uh, we one of our players decided to go on a tangent. And I'm sure this has happened in your games or in the games you play. One player gets this idea, funny or not, or leans into it. He's like, we're we know where Xanthar's lair is. We're just going to go kill him. Let's go kill him. And he gets everybody riled up. And yeah, we're going to go kill him. And we go down there and and we fight and we beat him. And then we're so hurt and every, it took everything we had that we have to run away right away because there's just no way to stay there after this huge, tremendous fight, only to find out that we haven't actually, or I don't want to spoil things for how other people might run it, but obviously Xanathar was smart enough to have a contingency plan, and contingency plan is now in place, and contingency plan is Xanathar is really mad at us. So he decided to make a visit to us in Waterdeep, where we're licking our wounds after the big battle, and all of a sudden we're under siege by the Xanathar. What are they? That? They're not the guild, right? Are they the Xanathar guild or the Xanathar faction that lives yeah. in Waterdeep? Yeah, there's like there's an actual faction. Yeah. So bugbears and gazers and um, all kinds of stuff have just assaulted our inn that we have created in Waterdeep. Uh, we call it the Good Night Inn. <laughs> and... Um, it's funny because we also we have um, dinner theater goes on there. So we hired um, actor vampire actors to do dinner theater at our end. So it's been a great thing for the ACK Inc. portion of our campaign. But because we're an ACK Inc. campaign, The headquarters and in and the way we make money is now being affected. So we're definitely going to be in trouble from corporate because of what (laughs) we've done. (laughs) It's going to hurt profits. And now we're in a war with the Xanathar's Guild at this point in the middle of Waterdeep. There's a it's like a war is going on now between players who probably have way too much power at this point. Once you hit we're all at like level eight or nine ish equivalency and you start throwing around the abilities and magics of those people in the center of Waterdeep, you're talking about a war zone going on. I mean, fireballs have been thrown off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, buildings are on fire. Explosions have happened in in buildings and walls have been blown out. People have been running. It's mass hysteria. Cats living with dogs. And <laughs> right. It's just crazy. Uh, I'm waiting for the giant marshmallow man to appear. Um, so we've definitely made a mad. Um, We have to fight our way out of this battle, and I don't know what we're going to do. We have definitely started kind of a civil war, or not a civil war, but like a a feud with the Xanathar at this point. Um, And then maybe eventually we'll get back to diving into what we were supposed to be doing in the first place, level four of Dungeon of the Mad Mage. We only made it down to level three, (laughs) so we got to get back down to level four, which I'm excited about. So it'll be interesting to see, I'm sure this next session on Tuesday, we'll finish up the battle with Xanathar, try to wrap up that. And then hopefully maybe by the week after that, we're back to dungeon delving maybe, but who knows? We could have just sidetracked the whole campaign at this point. Yeah. um, By trying to take on Xanathar because from a DM point of view too, sometimes you introduce a challenge to your players for that session. and You think in your mind, oh, well I'll do this thing where this bad guy comes in does this thing. They'll beat him in the session and I can move the story along and there's another thread that's going on. It's the main story arc. But they hone in on that and they don't want to let go of that. And they want to take that even further when you kind of just meant for it to be a side thing, right? You just meant for it to be a, a one-off in your mm-hmm. session as, or part of another. Hey, there's this overall thing going on and here's one little part of it. But they focus so tight on that that all of a sudden your, your campaign's derailed right in front of you. So mm-hmm. I wonder if we're doing that to our dungeon master where if all of a sudden we turn this into the war of Xanathar, does that mean from, from now for this year, we're just constantly trying to go and fight Xanathar and go and fight his, his minions and get rid of them. Is that what our campaign turns into? Or does it go back to exploring dungeon of the mad mage?
0: (laughs) Well, and I mean, (laughs) that's D and D like that's like, that's every dungeon master is just like, I think we're going to go here. And then it just, you know, you, you, you you zip when you zag or whatever it's stuff. So, yeah. That's cool though. That's really exciting. Yeah.
1: So it's been fun. Um, the other thing I have listed there is, me and Jordan are possibly going to be playing a game Monster of the Week mm-hmm. coming up. So we started. We're in talks with some of that going on. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Which I've, I've been reading. Have the, read, yeah. Have
0: you read it? The, I've just
1: started reading yeah. through it. I've been looking at the playbook so far. Yeah. Um.
0: At. It. I like it. The. I've never yeah. played a powered by the apocalypse system yet. But uh, this is a really, like, it'll be really fun. I'm really excited. And I don't know what kind of game I want to play, but uh, there was jokes. Lucian was like, well, I want to be Jordan's sidekick. Yeah, because there's a sidekick. Because there's a sidekick (laughs) option. And I was like, oh, that sounds really fun. And I kind of, you know, you can be like a wizard or you can be a monster. There's all these really, really really cool things. Uh, And then there's also the, you're just a regular person. And yeah. I was thinking of uh, of Deadpool 2 where he has all those superheroes and then the yeah. one guy's just like, "Yeah, I just saw the ad and I'm like, I want to be that guy with oh, my sidekick." So and we're completely useless. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. So that that's going to be streamed,
1: I believe. Um, but that's Now you made me want to watch Deadpool again. Oh, I'm going to watch movie. it after we're done. Oh, I loved it. Uh,
0: yeah. So uh, that'll that'll happen. We'll keep you guys informed about that. Should be a lot of fun. Um And then we got a session
1: zero coming up, so I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit. I don't Mm -hmm. know if she's streaming or she's just playing it with us, which which is fine either way. I don't want to talk about the game, but I think it's fun for us to talk. And if not, if I don't do the sidekick thing, I was looking at some of the other. um, I was thinking of the one that was the um, kind of the freak. Yeah, they're the occultist or I thought the conspiracy theorist guy where you're just going crazy with the conspiracy. No, it's it's it's, you know, uh, cave people that live in the sewers. It's got to be what the problem is. Yeah. yeah, So I thought that'd be kind of fun. Um, The
0: the spooky was cool, too. The spooky you're yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like 11 or you're uh i was thinking akira the movie akira yeah. where he like has these powers but he can't control them and i, I was yeah, like that'd be a fun character too that's fun so my mind's going crazy i love new we always and like the system new looks games fun we always the system like system looks fun yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks a lot of fun
1: yeah. <laughs> but just like the 2d6 plus the role it's a powered by the apocalypse mm-hmm. game it's gonna be a narrative game i think it's gonna be really fun to, to get into that and play it out and i think when you when you know you're going to have players that are going to lean into it with you as a dungeon master, which is LB hack up as our dungeon master or whatever the name is for that system game master or whatever. Um, she knows me and Jordan are going to lean into making it fun and having fun. So I think that's going to help with just having a really good experience overall. So mm. I, I can't wait to see what she comes up with. Is she going to give us throw vampires at us. Is she going to throw werewolves at us? Is she going to throw something different at us. You know, what is it going to be that she throws at us for this crazy crazy concoctions
0: so crazy
1: but jordan what games did you play you said you played a basic fantasy game we got a a minute here to go (laughs) yeah
0: well uh maybe we'll go over but um have you ever heard
1: of basic fantasy just only in what you talked about it last week
0: yeah so uh basic fantasy role-playing game is a rules light system that was modeled off of the BX, basic expert Mm D&D of uh, the 1980s, which I have the Rules cyclopedia over there, which is the rules of basic expert kind of all clumped together. Um, So it's old school dungeon mastering. Uh, I was a... But but anyway, sorry. So long story short, basic fantasy. Uh, It's open source and people have taken it and they've expanded upon it. They've cleaned up the rules. They, They really, they want you to play it and have fun, but also make it your own game kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and So yeah, you can uh, go to basicfantasy.org and download everything for free. and It's it's really fun. There's all sorts of stuff. Uh, so I was invited by um, Defenders of Kobold, which is a Twitch channel. And they do a lot of uh, DCC stuff, which is why they invited me. And then they're like, hey, I'm actually running this game. And I was like, oh, okay, I'd love to play in it. So I died three times. I went through three different characters <laughs> or mm-hmm. two characters and my third character survived. But is it a um, D twenty
1: system? It so is, yeah. It's, it's, it's okay. like
0: D D straight up. Uh, you have modifiers, okay. but there's a lot of like roll under here, roll over in this aspect kind of a thing. Um okay. if you're a thief you don't have your plus two to uh, thieving skills or whatever you roll percentile die. So it's gotcha. like, I have a 20% chance of hiding and you roll percentile die to see if you, you did that. So there's a lot yeah. of that. Um, one interesting aspect of it is the dungeon master rolls a lot of the checks for the player. And mm-hmm. those are D sixes. So as a dwarf, I have a one and two out of one on a one or a two out of a D six I have that chance to uh, find a secret door. So when you walk into a room, it's like, do I see any secret doors? The dungeon master secretly rolls a a D6. And if it's a one or a two, he's like, you did. Or if it's a four, five, and six, or three, four, five, yeah, he says you didn't. Or if there's no doors, he says you didn't. But that way, the player doesn't know that they didn't see it, you know? Mm -hmm. Because you could roll a natural 20, and they're like, there's no... You know, there's no uh, uh, secret doors or you could roll a one and be like, there's no secret doors, but, you know, you failed this way. The player doesn't know. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It was it was really hard. One of the one of the uh, puzzles I'm going to steal for other games. Um, But, yeah, I went through a dwarf thief, a human fighter and my elven magic user survived Mm -hmm. who had one spell because it's level one. Uh, so anyway, if you want to watch that, I think it's on their Twitch channel, Defenders oh, of Kobold. Cool. It'll probably be uploaded to YouTube at some point, and I'll share it. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was just kind of like fun, fun people who like older role
1: playing games, and they wanted to yeah. try it. So yeah. That's a rule that Deborah Ann Wall uses in her campaigns. Is she t- she asks her players when the players say, "Well, what do I see?" And she'll say all right well you can make a perception check do you want me to roll it or do you want to roll it yeah so she kind of gives them the option and most of her players are like oh yeah you roll it so i don't really know because they, they're really big on their player not knowing yeah anything yeah their, their character wouldn't know and she's like okay so then she'll roll it in secret and she'll say well this is what you see and here's the things and you just have to go from there not knowing what your mm-hmm. perception role actually ends up being and i like that idea i think in That's a rule I want to use in my campaign going forward is I want to make the perception check rolls and the stealth rolls for the characters without them knowing exactly what...
0: Well, and uh, that's what what passive perception is trying to be. And I was wondering if, as a dungeon master, if I could use a roll under system for passive perception. So Mm. your passive perception is 10 plus whatever. So if I say... Like if, if, yeah, if it's, if it's like, okay, I want you to, to, you know, I write down everybody's passive perception and then I'll roll a D 20 or maybe something other because you can get like passive perceptions up to like 18, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, if I look at my player and I'm like, or my monster and I'm like, well, he's got a plus eight to stealth. Your passive perception is 18. I'll Mm -hmm. drop it down to 10, roll a D 20. If it's 10 or lower, my guy's hidden. If he's not, mm-hmm. you see him. And I like that idea. And I wanted to utilize... Because it's not outlined very well what passive perception and passive investigation mm-hmm. do. But I like that as a dungeon master, I could utilize that to thus roll for my players in a way.
1: So. Yeah.
0: Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about is this is the most brilliant idea. And I am sad I have never thought of it. Um, <laughs> but since we were going through so many characters dying... Um, We needed names for our characters. And one of the players at the table was like, well, I just go to IMDb. I pick an actor and I start at the very beginning of his career. And that's the name of my players. And we just go up. And I'm like, that is amazing. So he picked Dennis Quaid for whatever reason. And he's just like, yeah. So uh, tonight my character is Mad Grossman. And when Mad Grossman died, uh, Freddie Dupler came into play and this is the best one when Freddie Dupler died the next character his name was extra at graduation ceremony yeah. and I yeah. died I was like that is the funniest thing so I, I want to do um, I want to pick an actor some, some, some terrible actor and I want to just go through mm-hmm. all of his his whole career and I'm going to start naming my NPCs that I think because uh, that's just a great resource that I'd never really thought of so that's awesome yeah Anyway, like that. that's our show, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you so much for joining us this fine Saturday morning. Uh, next week we'll have a lot of talk to talk about because Probably the new book an will announcement be announced that um, everybody's
1: already talked about by the time we get to talk. Yeah, about it. it'll. Yeah,
0: it's gotta have that that Tuesday afternoon show. We got to change it up. <laughs> um, but it'll be a lot of fun. We'll have lots of stuff to talk about, uh, and yeah, we can talk about more basic fantasy next week. We can also talk about uh, the D and D games that we're playing. Um, it'll it'll be a lot of fun. Uh go, anything else? What Tuesday, other announcements?
1: I could do a Tuesday afternoon show if I did it before our D&D game started, which is at 8:30. So if I did it at like 6:30 to 7:30, we did an hour show on Tuesday evening. I could do that. Which would be <laughs> like I think it would be 4. So if, my if we time. wait till 5 your time, it would be 7 my time. I could still do it.
0: Okay. Well, maybe we'll seven talk to about eight. it. Yeah. <laughs> there will, be,
1: uh, yeah. You should you should subscribe to the channel, but also uh, hit yes. the bell
0: icon and all that stuff so that you know when we go live. But we'll try to do something fun. That'd tell
1: us cool. about your campaigns. Tell us about your ideas. Yeah. See you um. Next
0: you guys are awesome. Take care, everybody. I gotta <laughs> get the right thing ready for transition. Uh, <laughs> and if you like the uh, College of Monsters bit, let us know. Um, if you want mm-hmm. us to switch it up, we we we're having fun with it. I think it's I, it's cool to just kind of do it on the fly. But yeah, we'll see you guys next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning d Show. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Wash your hands. Stay care. Bye. Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org.